So welcome to the Sales for People Who Hate Selling podcast, uh, where we will explore the common issues and niggles that uh, freelancers and small business owners have when it comes to sales, each episode exploring a common problem that they face. So if you're new to sales or you're looking for sales advice for beginners, uh, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode four of the Sales for People Who Hate Selling podcast. And today we're talking about qualification of your prospects. I am Ria and I have 15 years experience within sales and its various capacities from working in ad sales, call centers, and also more consultative environments. And I am here with my co-host, Richard. Say hello, hello, Richard. You're not here. I'm somewhere else. Right. Yeah, because... The world is crazy. Right. Right. We're not going to say the C word though, are we? We will not say any of the C words that could offend people. Um, Now, Richard and I together, we run Seek, which is a sales consultancy, uh, largely for freelancers, small businesses, and anyone else that might be interested in or new to the world of sales. And Richard and I also run a Facebook community from where this podcast takes its name and its inspiration. And uh, we also join in in a lot of other business communities. And qualification of prospects is something that comes up a lot. Would you agree with this, Richard? Yeah, we spoke about it last week as well, didn't we, in episode three? Um, we and it just kind of uh, felt like the, the, the natural uh, lead on from that, really, didn't it? It did. Um, and we, in last week's episode, we left on a duff duff moment, as they oh, we did, say. You had a story to tell, didn't you? We, we ran you, out of time. Exactly. There's a story to tell. It's not a great story, but I think it's um, important and it's relevant. Um, and we were going to tell it last week, but we didn't. So if you were listening to last week and you've been, you know, on tenter hooks waiting for this uh, story, then uh, I think we'll briefly just tell it now because it's about qualification of prospects and. Um, so basically what happened was, is Richard and I are members of another, uh, community business community on over on the, uh, Facebook. Um, and somebody there, um, had an incoming inquiry from a prospect who was interested in her, um, services. I can't remember what her services were. Can you? Mm, no. no, I wouldn't want to guess. I wouldn't want to guess. Um, no. Anyway, so she, she had an incoming um, inquiry from, from a prospect. And uh, based on the way that the inquiry was worded, um, this particular person made an assumption that this prospect would not be a good fit for her business. Um, and she was asking the community um, what other people would do in this scenario. Um, and I said that um, she should have a conversation with the prospect to qualify whether they would be a good fit for her business. Um, and, and she felt that this was outrageous. Um, I'm not really sure why, because I was very polite. Um, and uh, basically, she um, just took a, a real um, offence to that approach. Um, her, her approach was that she was able to 
um, understand the prospect's position just from the way that the prospect had worded certain things within the email. But my point was that you should never make assumptions and actually you need a qualification process to understand whether somebody is a good fit for your business. Um, and making assumptions can mean that you, know, you might be just waving goodbye to what could have been your biggest deal of, of the year. Um, or of anyway, your life. This, this, huh? Or of your life. Of your life, exactly. Anyway, she I, she just took massive events to it, didn't she? And then she started following me around the internet and commenting on and all sorts of things. I think she started following me on Twitter even and commenting on things on there. I had to had to block her. I, I, basically, um, she just didn't like um, my advice. And I think what I'm here to say is that if you're in business and you're wanting to sell your services and, and what you do, qualification of your prospects is probably the, one of the most important things that you should be doing on a day-to-day -day basis um, alongside actual prospecting. Yeah, um, I think like the concept of qualification for a lot of small businesses is one that they've probably not even thought of, especially yeah. if you come from um, you know, other backgrounds, um, you know, perhaps a retail background, uh, for example, where every customer uh, you know is a customer you know you have right. to serve them um, you don't qualify them you know that they are there to be served whereas exactly. when you start running your your own business you recognize that qualification is actually a thing and that yeah. there are a percentage of people that will come into your uh, in, into your world that are, are not a good fit um, and you probably shouldn't uh, you know, move forward with communicating with them, you know, which, which can seem a little bit harsh, um, but actually that's the right thing for both parties. Yeah, for sure. And I know that um, we, when we talk in our Facebook group um, about qualification, what the, the main um, qualification process that I'm going to talk about today, um, most people in our Facebook community, um, when I talk about it on there, have never heard of it before. So yeah, exactly. um, I, I think that, you know, if you are, you know, new to business, you've got your own business, you're a freelancer or whatever, a lot of this stuff can sound really scary. And I imagine that that's kind of maybe what happened with that person that we had that kind of run in with, that when, when things are unknown, they, they seem scary because, you know, it's, you don't know it. Um, but this process that we're going to run through today is super simple um, and it's not scary and it's really easy to remember as well. Um, there are lots of different qualification processes out there and if you have been in sales for a number of years like I have um, there are lots and lots of qualification processes um, and it will vary according to kind of what product you're selling and, and things like so um, but I'm going to use this one because it's well known and it's really easy and it's super um, simple to remember so qualification can be done in a variety of ways um so one of the reasons why i want to keep this really really simple is because if you are new to this there are loads of acronyms that get thrown around in relation to um the world of sales um so i just want to keep it really succinct so that um you guys don't feel overwhelmed with uh knowledge um so the qualification process that we are going to be talking about is called what richard bant yes it's which is not bant not what uh, footballers do when they are talking to each other that's bants apparently oh yeah yeah that's um that's a whole other thing we we won't be doing a podcast on bants 
<laughs> well, out of the two of us, um, I think if I, either of us were to do a podcast about football, I, I certainly think that it would be you. Right. Um, but for now, um, so what happens if you don't qualify prospects? So, yeah, if you don't if you don't qualify prospects, you're potentially going to waste your own time. You're going to waste their time. You're basically throwing darks darts into a dark room. Um, you have no idea what you're working with. You're basically barking up an entirely wrong tree. Um, so qualification is really important to establish that you're talking to the right person um, at the right time. Um, and in the example that we gave earlier on about the person that had that incoming email from a potential prospect, you know, she she made an assumption about that email. But unless you've done a qualification process, you don't know. Um, and we've spoken about this, Richard, before. It's about making assumptions often about how much money someone has. Um, you know, somebody might not sound like they've got loads of budget, but actually they might have a lot of budget. Mm. Um, and they might not sound like they're the person in charge, but actually turns out they are. Um, so it's all about not making assumptions and asking layered questioning so that you can really get to the bottom of um, you know, where somebody's at with when they wanna implement this kind of service and why they want to implement it, what kind of problems that they've encountered before that means they're now looking at doing something like this. Um, so don't make assumptions, follow a proper qualification process, listen to what your prospects motivations are and understand where they're at and if they're a good fit for your business. It might um, also be that they're, a, they're the right fit, um, but you've got to be careful that, that they're the right fit for the right thing. Uh, because, yeah. uh, you know, you've got to be, this is going to save your, save your behind. You know, you might end up working together because they are the right fit, but down the line of a, of a project or whatever, it turns out that actually what they thought that they were getting from you or what they thought that they want isn't the same as what you thought yeah and if you're yeah. two three months into a project that can be a very very difficult situation to to get into so yeah you know, qualification is not so much just well it's not just about finding the right person it's also about making sure that you're on the same wavelength you know yeah for sure so it's not just about you know a quick fire question round is it it's it's about using lots of layered com uh, questions part of a very fluid conversation with your prospect where you're actually actively listening to what it is they're looking for and um, how they see their life in three or six months time um, and how they're looking to achieve that so that you can either align your business and your service with those things or you can decide that actually it's not a good fit and you can part ways and and, and be friends forever but but not work together and i think that that's um important isn't it yeah absolutely so what you want to be doing is um, have in the back of your mind that um, you're going to be having this conversation with your prospect. I like to call it an exploratory call. Um, I like the word exploratory. I like the way it rolls off my tongue. Um, other people may like to call it a different thing, but I like to call it an exploratory. No, I wouldn't, don't, don't, don't use the word qualification to a client. Yeah, don't say that. That's just going to make you sound, um, you know, like, like you're fishing um so yeah you want to say to your prospect that you want to have maybe an exploratory call find out you know where they're at and and what they're looking for and you should have in the back of your mind that you're looking to have a thorough and fluid conversation with your prospect where they do most of the talking uh, and at the end of that conversation you have the answers to your questions so 
we're going to run through BANT and what BANT stands for. Um, and, and hopefully at the end of this, you'll feel confident to go away and do your own exploratory calls and you'll feel confident using this methodology. So we're going to run through each of these, Richard. Um, so what is the first one, Richard? Please tell us the first one and I will then describe what the first one is. Do I get a, like a bonus prize if I get these all right? You get a gold star and recognition from me. Right, worth it. <laughs> right? Right. Um, B um, is budget. Budget, right. So if you listened last week or if you haven't, it's episode three, um, budget, this will sound very familiar. So put very, very simply, this is about how much money your prospect has, how much they're looking to invest in the service. Um, so you can ask lots of layered questions around this, like finding out what they currently invest in similar work or what they have done in the past. But also you can ask questions around what it would cost for their business if they didn't invest in their service. And you can also um, ask them about the ROI that they're hoping to see from something like this. So again, what you don't want to do is you don't want to just go in there and immediately say, hey, listen, John, how Not much Sue. money have you got? Yeah, Sue, John, Karen, I don't know who it is. You don't want to be like, listen, how much money have you got? That's rude. You're not going to get the answer that you want. Um, you know, then they're not going to tell you basically. So you have to ask questions um, around, you know, investment. Ask questions around what they might have spent on this kind of thing before, um, and what they're looking to achieve in terms of ROI. And you can piece together those things to maybe find out about what their budget might look like. And there are some people that will just come out and immediately tell you, well, you know what, um, Richard, I've got two thousand pounds to spend. Because some people are like that, yeah. um, and, and and that's fine, and that's great. Um, but most people um, are going to be a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more shady, um, and so you have to ask lots of sort of layered questions to maybe uncover assumptions about their budget. Is that? Do you think that's fair, Richard? Yeah, I don't think it's shady. I think it's more kind of uh, wary. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more, you know, keeping cards close to their chest. Yeah. That's fine. Um, so, uh, so that is the B. B stands for budget. What does A stand for, Richard? Uh, A stands for, in this case, uh, authority. Right, authority. So this question really centres around the people in the organisation, who is going to be using the service and who has sign off to get the service and whether anyone else might be involved in that. And this is really important because if you're selling like a solution or a product and you and I have had this fairly recently, Richard, where what happens is the person who actually you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis is not the person who uses the service. And that can sometimes cause problems if you're trying to sell in that because you might be talking to one person and that one person is telling you how they want things done but the other person who's actually using the service actually knows how they want it done um yeah, there's so, so many variations of this you know and i've had yeah. it before where the, the the person that really wants what you have and they're so enthusiastic about it and this is one of the reasons why qualification is so important they're really yeah. enthusiastic about it um they they come to you and they they tell you that they really need what you have and they give the impression that um, they are the one that holds the keys and that makes the decisions only for you to find out actually that the people that are the business owners or the ones who make the decisions or the ones who pay the bills actually have no interest in what you do at all 
exactly yeah and i think we've all been there um so if you can um try to get names or even email addresses or telephone numbers for the people that are going to be involved in the decision and you can ask your prospect whether those people would be able to come on to your next call or your meeting um, so you can ask a question that sounds a little bit like this uh you can say Oh, uh, Sue, usually for the next meeting, my clients like to bring on their head of, you know, whatever it is, finance. Um, does that make sense for you? Um, what you don't want to be doing is going CCing in people into emails when you haven't had a conversation because it looks a little bit shady. It looks a little bit rude. So the best thing to do is just ask your prospect up front, you know, if, if it becomes clear that that person is not going to be making the decision, um, you can ask whether that person might like to come on to the next meeting. Sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt in a, in a, in a oh, way because there's a, there's a, there's a point here. Um, and I think this happens quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Let, let's say that the, the, the business owner or the decision maker, they may be the same person has uh, given a, uh, you know, a lesser member of staff, for want of a better phrase, the job and the task of going out and finding some kind of information or some kind of uh, company to provide a particular service. But the decision maker isn't going to be involved in the conversation. They yeah. only really want, you know, a, a list of three people um, yeah. and three prices and they make the decision outside of the, the conversation with you. That becomes sure. a bit more tricky. Uh, it what, does. What can people do in situations like that? Well, I've been in that situation, you know, many, many times. Um, and if you imagine that um, you wanted me to, to tell you, like, what the best chocolate bar in the world was, right? Because um, you want to make a decision about the, what the best chocolate bar in the world is, but actually it's for your boss, right? This is what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you that the best chocolate bar in the world is a dairy milk, right? It's not, it's Other chocolate bars are available. I like dairy milks, okay? It's a whisper. So I'm gonna okay. pitch to you. What did you say, Richard? It's a whisper. Definitely a whisper. Right. Yeah, whisper's probably close second. I'd go, yeah, it's in my top three for sure. Um, so I'm gonna tell you about the dairy milk and it's great and it's delicious and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then you're gonna go off to your boss and you're not gonna pitch it in the way that I pitched it. You'll get basically you're gonna go, oh yeah, some some girl Rhea called earlier. She said the best chocolate bar in the world is dairy milk. That's what's going to happen because mm. that's what always happens when you speak to in the, uh, in the sales world, we call it speaking to an oily basically right. means somebody that's part of the, you know, cogs of the machine, but doesn't really do anything. Right. Um, so that that's always going to happen, which is why, you know, if you are speaking to someone, it becomes clear that they're not the decision maker you can ask that question about okay well you know usually um richard at this point in the call um we we would ask for your senior to, to come on the call and, and have that meeting with us would that be something that they would be able to do now if they say no obviously it makes it a lot more tricky but what i've tended to do in these sort of situations is i've just simply asked this following question which is will my service or product go with your recommendation and they're going to go yeah it will or no it won't if they say no it won't why would you as harsh as this sounds like why would you waste more time in the investment of this time with this prospect you know if they're not going to take you as a recommendation to their senior colleagues probably not going to go any any further anyway 
Um, so that, that's a question that you can ask. What do you mean by, are they going to go with you? Do, uh, do you, do, the recommendation going to go with you? Do you mean uh, that the person you're talking to is going to make the recommendation to right. the decision maker? Exactly. Yeah. So they would go to the decision maker and they would recommend our service um, before any others. So what, so in a, what happens in a situation where... Uh, the person that you're talking to who's not the decision maker is basically tasked with getting a list of names and numbers and the decision maker will make the decision but the decision maker won't actually talk to you well again as i said you can ask whether it will go with your recommendation um because sometimes people are not decision makers but they're influencers and right. an influencer is basically somebody that you know has some authority not a lot they don't sign things off and they don't make final decisions but it could be somebody that's actually going to use the service and if there's somebody that uses the service then there'll be an influencer so they can influence the decision maker to make decisions um so that's when that question about you know will this be going with my recommendation um can be really valuable what i would say is that we live in 2020 um, and as weird as 2020 is right now, um, there's still many resources available like LinkedIn and Twitter and Google and so on and so forth. So if you're in business, you should know really who your um, target market is and you should know really who the decision maker is in an organization that will make decisions around whether they go ahead with your product or service. So as we live in a world with LinkedIn where you can just look up people's job titles and stuff, you should have already been able to ascertain before the conversation, whether that person is a decision maker or not. Right. So, good point. You know, it, good point. It, it, it might be that your particular service um, sells into the marketing department, right? So then if you, if that's the case, you're looking for people that have job titles such as chief marketing officer, director of marketing, head of marketing you're not looking for marketing admin right. um so i would say that if you're at this point in the conversation and you're asking questions around authority and it becomes clear that actually this person that you're speaking to has absolutely no decision making power they don't sign off they're not involved in the service they're not an influencer i would just say that maybe you need to for your next calls with prospects take things back a few steps and make sure that you are setting up these calls with people who fit into that category. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say um, that with all of that said, uh, in a previous business, I remember one of my first clients in a previous business, they were very much uh, an admin person and they were tasked with the, the, the job of going out and just getting names and numbers. And I remember thinking to myself, this is never going to come to anything, but if I'm not in the pile, then I'm not going to be considered. So I might as well be right. in the pile. And I put forward uh, a proposal. This was many, many, many years ago now. Um, I just thought to myself, this is never going to go anywhere. They became the second biggest client of that business. Yeah, and that and that's really, really common where you'll have somebody within a company like an admin or maybe a PR type of person where they will just literally go out and get like lists of people and names and then they'll take that list of names to the um to the boss and then you'll get selected from that list. Um, and that and that obviously does happen um, and that's fine and that 
is going to come up um, many, many times. But I think it's really, really important to make sure that people don't use that as their main source of like prospecting. Mm. Um, the, the main way that you want to be having interactions with your clients, whether they're small clients or big clients, is by having exploratory calls with them and, and, and really talking to them about their, um, their needs. Yeah, exactly. So what's N then? N, funnily enough, stands for need. Um, so this is about asking them why why they need the service. Um, you know, why is it that they've uh, you know, looking into this? And I, and I used to like asking a question in my exploratory course, which was along the lines of, um, so I'd be like speaking to someone, I'd be like, um, so Karen, um, would you mind telling me what is the reason why you've chosen to speak to me today? Um, and that gives you um, a, an idea perhaps of their need um, because if you are in sales or in business you'll know that actually sometimes getting calls with prospects can actually be quite difficult so I used to, I used to like asking that question straight off off the bat because then the prospect will, will tell me, you know, where they're at. And sometimes prospects would be like, well, um, you know, it just sounded interesting. So I thought I would speak to you. And then you're kind of like, oh, okay, they might not be actually in a position to buy. Right. Or they might be like, well, actually, this is something that we really like want to um, want to invest in. So I used to like that question. Um, so really what you're doing is you're, you're uncovering whether something might have happened with the service that they had before. Have they previously encountered a problem with the person that was doing this before? Um, is this something they really need to invest in right now or are they just window shopping? Um, so it's a little bit like we've talked about before on, on this podcast and also um, just together offline about qualification of prospects. And I always use this analogy that if you imagine a prospect walks into a shop when they walk into a shop, they're just uh, they're just like a they're a lead, but they haven't made that next step to actually buy. So at the point that they're just walking around the shop browsing, they're just window shopping. You have no idea whether they're actually interested in buying. I don't know this pair of shoes or whatever it is, right? Um, but it's your job to then uncover. Actually, are they looking for a pair of shoes right now? So you would ask maybe that person questions about, you know, oh, are you going to a party? Oh, do you what, what kind of party is it? Or what's your dress like and stuff? So you're asking these kind of questions to find out why they're in the shoe shop. Do they have an immediate need for shoes right now, or are they just looking for, for to pass the time? um so that's really about need okay and what's uh t isn't it what are we on t i know what this is and that's the t go on time time um so this is about when your prospect might be looking to implement you or this service so you want to be asking questions around when they're hoping to have it in place um so you might be asking questions like um, okay, John, um, so looking at the date that you've given me for when you'd like to implement this service, it looks like we might need to have this signed off by June the 3rd or whatever. Um, so again, you're asking questions around um, the timing of when they want to implement it, how much time they need between now and sign off to get things off the ground. Because some businesses, and you'll know this, Richard, some mm. businesses are really slow. You right. know, from the time it takes them to say, oh, yeah, we're interested in doing something like this, to actually time that they've signed it off can be months and months and months. Other people are faster. They talk to you on the Monday. By the Friday, they've paid for it and 
everything's done. Um, so it's really about uncovering what their time scale is internally so that you can mirror your timeline with theirs um, and you understand where, where they're at with what they're hoping to do. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, go on. It sound, sounded like you were waiting for my authorization or something. I was. At each, each of these, I'm just waiting for you to like, validate me. Right. Yeah. I mean, consider yourself validated. Thank you. Um, so with Bant, what you're basically looking to do is you're looking to find out the budget, but you should never view budget as the final curtain call, um, as we've talked about um, in our previous episode. Um, you're mapping out the people in the organization who is going to be involved in it. You want to try and get some names and some job titles and hopefully get them onto the next meeting and within emails and stuff if you can. Um, and you're also identifying how important moving ahead with a solution is and how quickly they want to implement it and get it into place. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, you're good at summaries, aren't you? Yeah, I love a summary. Do, do you feel like more summary is needed or do you think I've, I've done it? No, I mean, I think um, I'm, I'm keen to know what the logical next step is uh, for episode five off the back of this. So episode five, I have here that we are going to be talking about uh, cold calling oh, really? and people hating the thought of cold calling um, because I, I, th- I think it's a, an interesting topic. And i tell you for why I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting in the current global climate as well um, because things are changing. The world is changing. People are working from home and so on and so forth. So I think um, cold calling is, is really important. But if you have another idea, Richard, then I'm happy to take it on board and I'm happy to um, you know, move away from the uh, you know, timed listings. The plan. I'm happy to move away from the plan. The thing about cold calling, I think it's going to be a really good one. It's it's probably the most controversial topic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, there's so many people out there and there'll be people listening to this that will fall into two categories. Either they'll say, oh, I could never do that. I could, I could never cold call. Or there'll be people who have been cold called themselves in a B2C capacity um, and therefore have this sort of assumption about what, cold calling um involves from the other perspective um but actually you know cold calling uh first of all the methodology methodology d's what methodology <laughs> method yeah whatever that, that of, of, of cold calling has changed massively over the last you know 10 to 20 years um you know i i've talked about this before but i've worked in you know sales environments probably like 15 or so years ago where you would just basically be given a yellow pages and told to told to call people or a phone book or whatever and you were given a letter at the start of the day and and that was that and it it was kind of depressing Uh, by and large if you're um you know a good person uh you won't be doing that so I think um, cold calling is is a really important one. And the other thing that I would say around cold calling is there was this kind of big thing um, probably last year or the year before where people said, oh, well, no one cold calls anymore. It's pointless. No one does it anymore. And the thing is, as I would say, is that if you're um, a freelancer or a business, let's let's say you're a web developer. um, And funny that funny, funny that um, because that's what you are, Richard. Right. Um, You're a web developer. Right. And let's be real here there are thousands of other web developers that are competing for your business right Mm. so if you have this assumption which is like well no one makes cold calls anymore it's like okay 
So if, that, if you think that that's the case and everyone else is going to networking meetings and handing out business cards or emailing or you know, connecting on LinkedIn or whatever, why wouldn't you want to be the person that's doing differently? Because if you know, John, who sat at his desk, really wants a new website and he's getting a thousand emails or whatever, then you make a phone call, you're the person that's gonna stand out. So I think it's just really important to think of it from that perspective, to try to always do things differently from how everyone else is doing it. Yeah, um, there's so many questions that I would, so many questions I would have. So I think uh, you know next week would be really interesting. You know, so it's it's like. Uh, how do you know that they actually need it? How do you get past gatekeepers? There's so many questions. I think uh, it would so be many a, questions. Next, yeah. Uh, I think it would be good actually to maybe have a guest on. So if you're listening to this and you'd like to be a guest on the next episode because you hate cold calling and you want to ask some questions or something, that would be cool. Just drop us a message um, and we can set that up. Just email, email or tweet us. Tweet us at we are yeah, seek. Come into the group uh, and that would be cool speaking of which um the group if you wish to know and you wish to be involved in that and why wouldn't you because it's a barrel of laughs is facebook sales for people who hate selling um it's really good in there we give tips and advice and guidance every day it's a nice community of just over 100 100 uh, people just like you freelancers small business owners um and so on and so forth um and also you can follow us on twitter which is at we are seek um, and again you can just pick up some good tips and some advice um and follow us on there if you so wish to yes yeah, as i say every week um it's a newish group i'll be saying that in six weeks time or six months time six years six time, time when there's you know. ten thousand members you'll be yeah saying, it's, it's a new group yeah yeah but it's um it's growing and uh, people seem to be uh, you know engaging really well with it um and, yeah. and getting a lot of benefit out of it and we, we get a lot of positive feedback which is really great to see yeah we do um and we have a couple of uh guides and and, and things as well um if you would like to be sent those so you can ask us about that as well uh via the group or via twitter mm -hmm. uh, richard do you have any final things that you would like to say before we say adios uh, no, I think that was a good episode. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I hope everybody found that useful and, and interesting. Uh, we go live yeah. every Tuesday. Uh, the podcast is also called Sales for People Who Hate Selling. So if you're not subscribed, um, get on that. We're currently on Anchor and Spotify with the rest of them uh, coming soon. Um, so yeah, we, we, we go live every Tuesday and um, we'll, we'll see you next Tuesday for episode five on uh, how to kick butt with cold calling cold calling exactly um and if you want to um you could maybe go on the twitter or the group um and you could perhaps ask a question on there that you would like us to answer not just on this next podcast episode but for the future that would we be could, good yeah we could do a hashtag we could that's what the, that's what the kids do that's what the kids do a hashtag brilliant okay well um that's a wrap guys cool we'll see you next tuesday bye bye I'm not going to be able to do that.